Hey, welcome to the Art of Successful Living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining in today as we continue the Holy Spirit, His fruit, His guidance, His power, part four. In the last two episodes, I clearly did not cover every single thing about tongues. I just wanted to shed some light on it. I strongly encourage you to go back and check out the first three episodes if you have not done so. I originally started talking about connection, power, guidance, and fruit of the Holy Spirit. So let's pick back up there. Remember that music that came in as the um, music for the Twilight Zone? (laughs) Anyway, that's kind of what it's like when anybody starts to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like some kind of spooky spiritual stuff. But I guarantee it's not. Remember I talked about that $25,000 refrigerator that didn't work unless it was plugged in? That was the example that I used to illustrate the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to every Christian believer and to the corporate family of God to make real in your spiritual experience everything that the Bible says. The job of the Holy Spirit is to lift this truth off the pages of scripture and write it on our hearts, making it alive, come alive. It means experiencing the supernatural. I know you're asking, uh, well, why then aren't more of us experiencing the supernatural in our churches and in our families and in our personal lives? Why aren't more of us seeing the supernatural invasion of God, more of his wind, more of his fire. Well, in the episodes ahead, I was going to say to come, but in the episodes ahead, we are going to carefully look into God's word and at our lives to try to answer some of these questions. For now, it's enough to say that if any Christian is defeated or powerless, That Christian is defeated or powerless, not because he or she has to be, but because he or she is uninformed or has chosen to be powerless. For the provision and presence of the Holy Spirit is God's unfailing promise poured out upon us to link us to the very reality of God himself. Now think about that for a moment, about the Holy Spirit as our link to God's reality, his power. You know, we always uh, look at different types of advertisement and stuff, and it says, click the link. The Holy Spirit is our link to God's reality, his power. 
You know what it's like to be stranded in a parking lot somewhere with a dead battery in your car. Maybe you don't, but some of us do. And you know, you're in trouble and you need assistance. And then some helpful friend or a roadside service response. They park alongside your stranded vehicle and with the hood open on both cars, they pull out a set of jumper cables and attach it to both batteries, linking them. Then the other person starts the ignition in his car or her car. And what happens next is a transfer of power. Through the cables, power from the living battery is transferred, good God Almighty, to the dead one. One battery borrows life from another so that the dead battery becomes as alive as the living battery already is. Don't forget what was true of all of us before we came to Christ. The scripture says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and I was reading from the NIV version. Though physically alive, we had no ability back then to know or to understand or communicate with God. We were like the walking dead in those old horror movies. We went about working, eating, marrying, going here, going there. But the truth of the matter is we were dead. Some of us were good looking and dead. Others were, I hate to say it, but ugly and dead. Some were rich and dead. Some were poor and dead. While others were bold and outspoken and dead. We were spiritually lifeless without any connection to God or any true God awareness. That was our condition. Our spirits were dead, but the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. Go back and look at Romans chapter eight, verse two. The spirit who gives life, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives life. Go look at John chapter, the gospel of John chapter six, verse um, 63. And then we think about it. Genesis chapter one shows the spirit of God hovering over the original creation. When we talk about the spirit of life, the spirit who gives life, we begin to think about Genesis chapter one where the Spirit of God hovered over the original creation. God breathed or spirited into Adam the breath of life. Now you got, uh, uh, that's found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Now, um, remember the virgin birth. For Mary became pregnant by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, and Luke chapter 1, verse 35. The Bible even came about because those who wrote it spoke uh, as, as, they, as uh, they spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, inspired them, breathed on them as well. Um, 
And we find that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. And, you know, there are more examples, but that's enough for us to realize that the Holy Spirit of God is more vital and essential to our life and faith than most of us ever imagined. When Christ saved us, the Spirit immersed us into another dimension, another reality, the realm of spiritual aliveness. This miraculous life-giving immersion is called our baptism in the Spirit. For in one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. And I sure wish we could understand that one. But that's a topic for another day. It's what we all experience at the time of our salvation. Baptism in the Spirit is a universal reality for all Christians. When God, His Spirit, baptizes us at the time of our salvation, we were baptized into Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. A lot of scriptures, but take the time to go back and check it out. And out of that baptism, we rise new and different. We're the same person, but with a new identity. And check this out. We are now the color of Christ. Yep. This new color is as bright as light itself. When you were outside of Christ, the Bible says that you were in the dark. So was I. Satan, the prince of of darkness was our father and we belonged to him and even obeyed him even when we didn't know we, we were doing it. But when we were baptized by the Spirit of God, we were rescued from the dominion of darkness and the Bible says we were transferred into the Father's kingdom of light. So our color changed. This is found in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. Baptism in the Spirit is therefore a cataclysmic event. Yes, it activates a whole new sphere of dynamic existence for us. The living environment of Christ himself. We're in an entirely new actuality, a different kingdom. We answer to a new king. When we believe in Christ and the Holy Spirit baptizes us, he also indwells us. He does exactly as Jesus promised when, the, uh, when he explained the spirit of truth to his disciples. You know, you know um, he said, he told them, he said, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And that's John chapter 14, verse 17. So what uh, Christ was saying is inside your inner self, there is him or the Holy Spirit. And he's not a mere substance or stimulation, simulation or whatever, or some Star Wars, the force is with you, but an actual person who expresses his life within you. The Holy Spirit is a real person 
And, you know, here's the thing. He's spirit and we must relate with him spiritually. Being spirit means he's non-material or beyond our five senses. We don't touch him in a physical sense or see him or smell him or hear him like that. That's why Jesus said that the world neither sees him nor knows him. Coming from John chapter 14, verse 17. He's real, but he must be spiritually perceived. He's alive with intellect and with emotions and with the will of his own. Go check out Acts chapter 13, verse 2, where the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit uh, told those people, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. And... um. The Holy Spirit thinks with incredible wisdom and intelligence because the Bible says that the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, depths of God. I wanted to make sure I said that right. The depths of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. The Holy Spirit has feelings. That's why we're commanded not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. A lot of scripture. Some people say we need more of the Holy Spirit. But the issue is never how much of the Holy Spirit you have because he's inside you. And that means all of him. He indwells us all of him. So the real question is this, how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? How much are you letting him fill you and control you? Some Christians pray, let the anointing of the Spirit fall on me, or I want more of his anointing. We, we, you know, we give the impression that the anointing is out there somewhere. We want it to, uh, to come over here, to come to us, but we already have the Spirit's anointing. It's already within us. The Apostle John says to all believers, you have been anointed by the Holy One. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. This anointing abides in you. Verse 27. The anointing from the Spirit is like a satellite dish deep inside us and it receives invisible divine signals. The signals get stronger, the better you know him, the more you relate to him. If you have enjoyed this episode, give me a thumbs up. Also, click that notification button so you can be notified when the next podcast comes out. Until next time, be next.